Yo, call me back This is a message that I'm leaving for you Yeah Where you been at? Yeah Are you listening to Drunk Dial? <laughs> I've been waiting To talk to you To walk with you With my cassette player Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, the most professional podcaster, Bridget Haran. What's up, guys? And the sauce boss on the ones and twos, Zach Roan. How you doing? Good evening there. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome back uh, to the Drunk Dial this week. Very excited about this episode, this week's guest. Uh, of course, we're always recording out of order, so we just had a great interview. <laughs> uh, Bridget. Was not here for the interview, so uh, Thaddeus McKee sat in, so... Tagged in. Don't think that we just uh, muffled her and didn't allow her to talk for the next <laughs> thing, or that she transformed magically into a black man. She only does that on the full moon. Yeah. Uh, how you doing today, Bridget? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I just took my, my grandfather to get a sec- second vaccine, so... Nice. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Any he's... side effects? Any superpowers? Not yet. Not yet. Um... My guess is will feel like shit tomorrow. My sister got it two weeks ago. She works in hospitals and she was like, I don't think I've ever felt that sick in my whole life. So oh, hopefully he does not feel quite that bad. But he also got COVID in March. So mm. I feel like, I mean, how much worse could it be? Jesus. So he says that it's uh, his drinking and uh, years of smoking cigarettes that has protected his, his body. You know, so. I think the same for me sometimes. <laughs> I'll be so? like, yeah, I mean, knock on wood. Uh, I keep getting notifications from my aunt about uh, my cousins getting COVID. Everyone's getting COVID, and it feels like the the turkey vultures are just circling in on me. But uh, I mean, that years of not living right, really. Yeah, I definitely get the uh, the updates, and it's always like you know, kind of almost like telling on people in the family, <laughs> like, oh well, you know, so and so who doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll go down the list. Well, I guess they have it now. Hmm. I guess, hmm. I've, I'm, I'm kind of worried, but also they deserved it. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's always that underlying thing of like, yeah, like they like, deserve like, it. Like, like you, you're trying yeah. to be nice and be like, well, you wish them the best, but also should have worn a mask. A lot of, lot of sickdom blaming out there. Yep. Sickdom blaming. <laughs> yeah, coining that phrase. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what's going on with you this week, Zach? Oh, um no, nothing too exciting. No, no, yeah, I, yeah, I really, uh, really, really knocked that one out of the park for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's been it's been a dull and drab it's, week. It's been a dull. No, I've been recovering from uh, snow day. Yep. Uh that's been fun. So, nice. uh, you know, that, that's most of it. Yeah, that's most of it. It was good. I, you know, it's like as a kid, you always like a snow day. And it's, it felt like that. It felt like, oh, can't go outside. Mm-hmm. Like, can't go anywhere else. It I felt never like felt like day. that on our snow days. You never felt like it? <laughs> no, not like I did. <laughs> not, I've never felt this way before. <laughs> it was all the chili. Yeah. It was all the chili. You, yeah. had, all, you had a lot of chili and it set yeah, you Yeah, right. I've never had that much chili on the snow day. <laughs> well, it'll get you. It'll sneak up on you. Oh, my God. This, this, <laughs> it was a really fun weekend. It was a really uh, long weekend for me. I did, I guess, technically my first feature set as a comedian, as a paid comic. 
down in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. Every time you talk about it, you're like, as you're telling it, like it's an exciting thing. And every time you're like, I guess technically if I had to, it would have been, you're like already like prepping people for it to not be what it was an exciting thing. Uh, yeah. You know, here's the thing. I feel like, I feel like the more you do comedy, the more you are afraid to hype anything up. You know, it's just like, I have to be completely honest about what <laughs> this looks like in case anyone finds out. Yep. That it was terrible. And then I can't show my face again. Uh, it was great, but you know, I mean, obviously because, uh, you know, kind of a COVID, everything's, uh, a little less than it normally would be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this place is a mom and pop comedy club, which you don't, you know, I don't think you see a lot of people opening up a comedy club. They opened up in 2020. Yeah. That's a bold, uh, bold move. Uh, well, right before the shutdown. So they opened yeah. up like in January. Mom and Pop, they're in uh, Georgetown, uh, Kentucky. Uh, uh, big, big comedy city? Not really. <laughs> no. They are the only com- – they're one of the only things in Georgetown, Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but they, they said, that, yeah, they opened up in 2020 right before the shutdown, and then they've been shut down most of the year. So I think they're still trying to get their, their feet under them. Uh, they have an open mic, and then they have – Shows on uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's a pretty interesting spot. It's in a it's in a strip mall, but it's like a good room. Like you walk in, and there's there's plenty of tables. Uh, it was a pretty good setup. They had some uh, people selling some uh, quesadillas and some Mexican treats out front, which was always a always a plus for me. And then um, yeah, I went down. Hannah was the headliner. I was the opener um, or yeah, feature for her. Uh, and it was a fun time. It was a, it was definitely a light crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to do some quick math in my head and figure out how we got paid what we did based on the amount of people that were there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if the club took a hit on that one, but, uh, yeah, man. That's cool, though. I think in Indianapolis, we see a lot of businesses like banding together, obviously letting people do pop-ups if they don't serve their own food. And mm-hmm. it's kind of nice that, you know, in kind of podunk kentucky that they're also doing things like that they're having a different group pop up there and and do the food and that's awesome if that place had been packed let's say there's no you know whatever everyone gets the vaccine there's no mandates anymore and you can go back to full capacity like that has the potential to be an amazing club Mm -hmm. like uh i'd love to go there and get some you know it's it's kind of an interesting thing too is like not most comedy clubs you get street food on before you go in Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah so it was definitely a new experience for me either way. And then also just, uh, I hate um, being in a car. I hate road trips. Yeah, you're weird about travel. I don't like, tra- I like being in a new destination. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still waiting for that uh, teleportation mm-hmm. uh, technology to come out. Yeah. But as far as being in a car, anything over an hour, I start getting pretty squirrely. Yeah. And uh, and you don't drive yourself anywhere. Not, not, not a lot. Not really, yeah. In town. I do some in town driving. Yeah. But I don't like uh, long. I feel like, like to work, but other than that, I, I've yeah. never seen you drive anywhere. I stick to the rivers and the lakes that I'm used to, really. <laughs> um, but uh, it was nice to smoke some CBD on the way down, and they just had some, like, chill music playing, and I realized I just kept falling asleep. <laughs> thing about me is the second I fall asleep, I start to snore. So, like, <laughs> I'm in a, in, a, in a packed car, and then all of a sudden I could hear people kind of, like, giggling, and I, like, wake up, and I'm like, oh, this is big. Well, Oh, it's me. It's me that they're laughing at. Yep. Just a uh, little too little too crowded in here. Ugh. You're like, I'm just too comfortable for how many people are here right now. Yeah. But it was uh it was definitely fun. That's awesome though. Um, how is your two businesses going? They're good. They're good. I uh 
did a gingerbread cake today. Um, a friend of my dad's is, she's so nice. She works for the township that he works for. And earlier this year, she lost her husband and her son to COVID within a week. Oh, wow. Her like adult son that lived with them. And then she lost one of her brothers last month and just lost her sister this last week, all to COVID. And so, yeah, that's the family that they're like, oh, not wearing masks, she's wearing masks. Um, but I made her a gingerbread cake and took it over and she was very excited about it. So that was, that was nice too. It's kind of nice when you have your own business that you can, you know, it's like, obviously I want to sell cakes and make money, but it's mm-hmm. also having the ability to just kind of make people smile always makes me feel good too. Nice. But yeah, it's going well. Uh, this week for Indie Urban Foodies, we're doing pizza. Pizza so, night. Yeah. So we're doing a, uh, margarita pizza, making the dough from scratch, making the sauce from scratch. Um, we're doing a non flat bread with prosciutto and figs and uh, goat cheese going to be really good. And then we're going to do a caprese salad. So I misheard you at first and I thought you were just saying a non flat bread. <laughs> I was like, was that any, yeah. any other bread? Yeah. Uh, a poofy bread. You what know? is your, what is the key to a good pizza crust? You, is it bread flour? Is it a certain type of water? What, what is it? I like the all purpose King Arthur flour. Really? Pizza dough. Yeah. I, don't, I must be doing something wrong because I've been trying to get a good dough going and yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've, it comes out a little, uh, I don't want to say doughy. It comes out like <laughs> a little, like flowery, like yeah. it tastes flowery when yeah. I've been making it. I think for me, well, and the tricky thing with doing these classes is timing things so that every class is an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So obviously any dough, if it's going to proof, needs more time than that. So I this whole last week was playing around with different doughs that could like chill in the fridge overnight after so like proofs a little bit and then the second proof is in the fridge mm-hmm. um and so we've got kind of a good dough going but yeah it's just really simple like, okay yeah i'm gonna have to steal your recipe sounds good yeah it's right. uh it's gonna be a good one let's uh let's take a quick uh break here and then uh we're gonna have uh jess hooker from the q95 bob and tom show on the drunk dial line hell yeah This is Jess. Hi, Jess Hooker. This is Dyke Michaels. You are on the Drunk Dial podcast. Hi. How are you? Doing well. You're also online with uh, my co-host, Bridget Haran. Hi there. Hi, Bridget. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Doing okay. Doing okay. Happy it's, uh, like happy you're it's... the... You're... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. You are the uh, the chef I see online all the time, aren't you? Maybe I hope so. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a chef here yeah, in Indy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I see your work a lot. Awesome. That's a well, we love to hear it. Now I know for a fact uh, the uh, the Q95 staff has a pie lady up there, a secret pie lady. Ooh, is that true, Jess? Well, okay, here's the thing. Yeah, there's a pie lady. And I think that she actually works at a pie place here in the city. I think she works at pots and or pies and pans or pots and pans or yeah. pots and pies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pots and pans. I can't remember the name of it. It's a good one. Well, I'm telling you, if you need yeah. if you need a cake lady, <laughs> then Chef Bridget Haran is the person you want to go to. <laughs> I could be the secret oh my cake gosh, lady. <laughs> did you, yes, did you make the um uh did you make the cake? It was recently for somebody's birthday, but it had like loads of chocolate, like like 
candy and and little delicacies and all kinds of stuff on top. Maybe some pretzels. Yeah. Was that your cake? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, that's what I saw. Yeah. I do favorite things cakes. So it's usually a flavor they like, and then you just kind of load it up with all their favorite little snacks on top. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. And I feel like people need a little thing to smile about this year. So it's definitely been been good for yeah, me and I, hopefully good for them too. Yeah, and that's a good way to, I don't know, that just makes people feel seen. I'm mm. a big fan of that. Like little, little, especially with food. Yeah. You know, I like that a lot. So good for you. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it's always good when people know your work. <laughs> so, yeah. So Jess, we started this podcast almost coming up on a, almost a year ago yeah. um, when we thought the world was collapsing. Uh, well, the world was collapsing. We thought the world. I thought the world was ending. Um, and then Bridget and I both got laid off in the same week, and comedy got canceled. Oh. So we were. It started off us calling and checking in just with comics who were uh, borderline suicidal, and um, we were right. we were drinking just uh, obscene amounts of alcohol. So that's why it's called the drunk dial. Yeah. Now, flash forward okay. to twenty twenty one. And obviously the world's changed a couple different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went from just checking in with comics to kind of asking artists how they dealt with 2020 and kind of, uh, yeah. you know, what kind of modifications they had to make, how they're still mm-hmm. making art. And I started off uh, 2021 doing a three months detox from alcohol. So this is the soberest I've ever podcasted. <laughs> Uh, I know that you're a sober person who touts uh, how great it is. What was that like going through a (laughs) pandemic? What was that like going through a pandemic? Uh, So if somebody, uh, my last, uh, I'm trying to think. So my last big event, my last big drunk event was the Indy 500 2019. Oh, wow. It It was coming off of that. Yes. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, I'm going to say that was, that was, there was a bender that followed that. And, um, but yeah, that was my last big event. I kind of wished, well, probably not. It's like when, when somebody says like, Oh, we're going to wait to have a baby until we have enough money. Well, here's the thing. You'll never have enough money. Yeah. So you probably will never have a baby if you plan that way. I kept, I did that for a few years. Like, I'm going to quit drinking right after this Friday for my friend's birthday party or right after that, you know, and it was just like, I feel like if, if I had, you know, a, uh, uh, some kind of, uh, fortune teller that could have said, Hey, 2020 is not, not a year you're going to want to be. And, and, uh, but I didn't have that. And, um, so it's, it's weird to say that my first full calendar year sober was 2020. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome, right? I yeah, also feel so like if as, you can get as, through that, you can get through anything. Right? And that's so that's kind of become the mantra for me is that like you made it through that. And um, I spent a lot of time alone and it turned out that I love to drink alone more than I love to drink with people. <laughs> so it was a lot of self-reflecting and uh, um, yeah, I came out better on the other side. I'm good. So as, as we start February, today's February 2nd, I've, I've seen a couple of people say, oh yeah, you know, dry January's over. And I was like, no. Nah. I, I I see your dry January and I raised you a dry 2021. <laughs> so I've 
I, I want to see. I, I've challenged a couple people just to see if they could do it. And I, I have lots of friends who have who have done like six months or a year, and um, and some of them couldn't get through it fast enough, and other people just kind of decided to not drink anymore or became a little bit more aware of the drinking they were doing previously. So good for you for three months. That's a that's a huge commitment. That's well, a huge commitment. Well, let's wait till April 1st before we start doling out any congratulations. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. But I'm a third okay. a third of the way there. And the thing is for me is like I always uh, recently have done like a month of not drinking and kind of white knuckled it through some of that time. So I really, yeah, uh, my, yeah. my friend, um, that I did comedy with Hannah Rushline, um, you know, I've seen her go from, you know, what she would say is a problem, uh, alcoholic drinking to, uh, to sober and flourishing. And, um, so she's always been there and she kind of like, I told her, I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I think she heard that I was quitting drinking and I keep having a reminder. I was like, I never said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I am going to try to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this three months and, and really give it a shot and uh, try to reevaluate, I guess, my relationship with alcohol. Um, we, yeah. were, we were just talking to uh, a comic and he was saying that uh, he had done a, a hosting gig and he was very concerned that he might not be able to work again because he had been basically drinking on the job. And so my my head, I was like, oh, he must have just made an ass of himself. Like he must have like had like 15 shots and fallen down and done this. And I was like, well, right. how, how many drinks did you have? And he was like three. And I was like, oh, three is like my minimum to go on stage. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my bracer is three drinks. Yep. What are you talking about? Uh, but I've, uh, yeah, but I've um, so far in this month, I also picked this time because I thought, I wasn't going to be on stage at all. I was like, oh, this will be great. I'll have nothing mm-hmm. nothing public I have to do. Um, it, it, it was the exact opposite. I keep getting uh, gigs thrown at me and, and taking them. And so I've, <laughs> I've, I've definitely in January done the most time on stage sober than I've ever done before. And uh, it was... That's good. How do you feel about it? I mean, it was great. It was like learning to... Uh, it was like learning to do a different thing um, altogether. Yeah. And yeah. for me, I also realized, like, I wasn't, I'm not a person that sits there and, like, uh, I have real bad anxiety, and I feel like alcohol was the crutch that just, I don't have to worry about anxiety if I'm drinking. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it's like, you take the drink, right. drinking away, and it's it's not like I'm clamoring for the drinking, but, like, now I'm just like, okay, how do I deal with this anxiety now that I don't have my normal uh, crutch right. to and fall you, on? Yeah, you don't have your cult. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. I, um... So I I got my first shot on air um, with the Bob and Tom show January of 2019, and I was in the thick of it. And I was taking two airplane shots before I was going on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was kind of a oh shit moment. Like, this is a daydream you've had since the second grade is to be on this show and show them that you can do it. And you are going to screw it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was so, I, I decided, no, I'm too nervous. I need the drinks. I need the drinks. And up until I quit drinking in May, I mean, I was taking uh, two, three, and then a couple of shots through through the show when mm-hmm. I would fill in. And it was just like, man, I can't even listen to those shows. I would be so embarrassed today. Mm-hmm. I would just, oh, oh, I can feel my face getting red just thinking about it. But, you know. It, it, it time's a funny thing and uh and um 
the timing was right and now I'm 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 better for it. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Well, and I think it's good too when you recognize that in yourself. Like it's not like you get in a bad, bad accident or or you have to go to class. It's like when you make that choice for yourself, I feel like it means so much more too. Right. It's like you kind of, because mm-hmm. then, then you're proud of yourself. Like, girl, I pulled myself out of this, which is awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people are like, so what happened? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like an asshole every day. Like, I don't, that's, that's, I was like, it wasn't one big thing. It was like a bunch of small things every single day. Yeah. Which is that just that's a horrible, horrible feeling. Yep. Uh, looking back, ugh. I've been uh, I've been pretty excited about having uh, solid poops. I, f- I forgot what that oh, was wow. like. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. From the drinking. Yeah. From the drinking. Yeah. No. Well, we got it. Oh, we, okay. un- we understood where you were going with it. I, think, right. I think it was it was fine. Uh, Jess, so did you just launch yet another podcast? Did I see that? Uh, well, you know, that's kind of what I do. I, 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 uh, I used to cycle through men and now I just cycle through podcasts. (laughs) So, you know, it's my thing. I feel that. Um, yeah. So we just, we just, uh, launched, um, uh, Bob and Tom, another, uh, Bob and Tom extension. And that is the bits and pieces podcast. Um, it's myself, Jessica Alsman. Willie Griswold and uh, one of our Bob and Tom producers and kind of our go-to podcast producer, Jason Halstead. Nice. Um, Jason has produced uh, both the Chick McGee podcast in the past. Uh, Willie is the newest addition to the Bob and Tom family, uh, well, figuratively and literally. He's not the newest addition, literally, but he, uh, he is numero tres in the Griswold legacy. So, uh, he is on with us and, uh, Jessica is our resident geek on the show. So we're actually going back and revisiting those Bob and Tom bits that we grew up listening to. And then for some of us older folks, the ones that we were there, like when we were an intern or coming up in the show 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun. A lot of things that we just don't play on the air anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, people are getting a kick out of it, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, because I imagine there's uh, probably some that haven't aged too well. There's a lot that <laughs> haven't aged too well, to be honest. Uh, there are a lot that uh, I actually, I was in the green room the other day, and it was like our 24-7 feed. And so, you know, they just they just put in commercials and old bits and things like that. And... Uh, I think it was boob cam, and I was like, "Oh, guys, guys, we gotta, we gotta pull this one. We can't, we can't keep playing stuff like this." So yeah, some of them, um, you know, I, I always think nothing is malicious. Yeah. It was the time, sure. and, and we're all trying to be better, you know. So that's 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 the that's the lesson. Yeah. I, I do like the angle of looking back at those in a time capsule sort of way and dissecting them because mm-hmm. it it kind of uh, makes it more appropriate when you're like looking at it through the lens of like I can't believe we used to say this. Like, check this one out. Remember, exactly. remember this one. Uh, my I, right, I, right, right. I had a very conservative French grandmother. She wasn't like 
uh, politically conservative. She was just kind of uh, prudish, I guess. I don't know what the word Very French. Right. Very French, yes. That's, yeah. that's the word. Very French. And she <laughs> hated Bob and Tom with a passion. She she thought oh, it was yeah. trash and thought it was disgusting. And any time it was on, like, uh, at the gym or something, she would just complain the whole day that they've been listening to this, to this dreck, which, of course, just pushed me as, like, a young teenager into wanting to listen to it all the time so secretly when i could <laughs> yeah but uh that was like the that was like the go-to like on my way to school every day we would uh, listen to the bob and tom absolutely bits. that's uh yeah that's what i i told that story on one of our podcasts that um i remember how devastated i was in second grade when the school corporation said told all the bus drivers you can't listen to that when you have kids on the bus anymore <laughs> and so I had to uh, I had to take my dad's bright yellow Sony Walkman on the bus every day just so I could listen to the Bob and Tom show. <laughs> That's hilarious. That in, re- in, yeah. re- in retrospect, that was probably a good call for the school yeah. corporation. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. <sighs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> that is. That is awesome. Uh, cool. Well, hey, Jess, thank you so much for uh, for calling in and chatting with us. Uh, where where can uh, where can people find you online and li- listen to all this podcast and such? Uh, yeah. So um, everything Bob and Tom can be found at bobandtom.com. and uh, you can find me at Jess Hooker underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. awesome. You are always a pleasure, Jess. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. You have a good night. You too. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. What's up, brother, man? Hey, what's up, Nate Robinson? You're on the Drunk Dial Podcast. Uh, you're here live with uh, me and Thaddeus McKee. What's up, man? What's good with y'all brothers? What's up, Thaddeus? Hey, uh, we're just chilling, man. Uh, how you doing, my brother? I'm over here about to roll up. Yeah, are you uh, are you in Indy or are you out west? Nah, I'm here in Indy, bro. I, uh, uh, I came I came back. I would say probably like the latter part of the summer. Mm-hmm. I just realized, man, what you couldn't do anything out there. Yeah, I mean, it was a bunch of just outside shows, shit that really was you know making sense. I and mean, it's still network, but it just didn't make any sense, you know, financially just to stay out there, bro. So I came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard the. I heard it's kind of a Walking Dead situation out there. Well, I mean, it's kind of opened back up. I think they just opened. They just got out the lockout or the lockdown last week, and I think they can start doing like. I think they can start having people come outside and eat outside. Mm-hmm. But as far as like doing like comedy inside, they can't do that still. What's that's so crazy to me that. They wouldn't even let people eat outside in California because wow. I mean, like here, yeah. here mm. they—I mean—they shut down like Mass Ave and turned it. It looked like like par, uh, Parisian dining and shit. Right? Like, yeah, they—they were quick to be. Everything is cool outside. You know, it's safe outside. You know, sunlight kills like most of it or whatever. So that's crazy. Right. That California was so strict about it. Well, it was the governor, like the governor of California. Like I've heard, like it's like very. You know, on certain situations like that, it's just the fact that he couldn't get anything back from Trump. He just took matters in his own hands. Mm, it was pretty much like political. Yeah, it's more of a political thing. And hell, he was at the time he was letting the governors make their own decisions. That's why you've seen places like Georgia 
and uh and Florida still open, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. once they start catching a bunch of cases, you know what I mean, then they started like changing up their rules. But like Atlanta, but comedy is alive like a motherfucker out there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got down there at all? I actually haven't, man. That's only because of my schedule. But I definitely plan going down there, like probably when it warms up a little bit, like in March or April. Right. I mean, I hate that for you because I, I know I was talking to you and you said like there was like some headway or some movement that you're making out in California, right? Yes, yes, bro. So I pretty much like locked in. I could. It was pretty much through like some. I was really just getting booked. Like I started to get into the rotation of like just not going to like open mics waiting in lines like i'm starting to meet people so like i've noticed like a lot of people like do live shows right so i started getting to that rotation and just meet like certain people that you see on instagram and just kind of getting in their circle and uh once i got into like a good circle one of the guys was a writer uh for conan and he was able to get me like on like as like just some type of like advice really i wasn't like writing anything but like we were just pretty much sitting in the writing group and just jot out creative ideas, and whoever's idea was the best, they get put up. So I kind of got I got into that role, and then Man. just like that. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> just yeah, like that. That's what's up right there. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. It's really, like, California is really, it's not about what you know, it's who you know, and, like, who can connect you. And, fuck, man, I, like, I was able to meet, like, just some very intellectual people that really are into the entertainment business, but they just know how, they just know where everything is. So, I mean, it's not like, I, I to encourage anybody, man, like you, especially when you're down there, don't chase comedy, bro. Just, just, just work on getting better and just meet people. Cause you'll meet somebody that's just so over the top that shit, you can use them to help you. You know what I mean? So that's right. what I encourage. And that's what I've learned by being down there. Like, that's why I can't wait until this shit kind of gets under control. Mm-hmm. If I want to go back down there, I just wouldn't live in L.A. I would live in San Diego. I wouldn't live in L.A. at all. Okay. Mm. Just cost of living and that sort of thing? Cost of living and, like, just the, the, to beat the rep, repetition to be able to get on stage. Like, mm. San Diego pretty much is parallel uh, uh, L.A. Same comedy clubs, everything, man. Less traffic, everything. Like, you can get on there, too. So I just figured, shit, it's better. It's less people. It kind of remind you of like a bigger city, Indianapolis, with okay. oceans and shit. So it was like a. I just took the. I just took it, and like I said, if I ever had to change, if I had like once this shit clear up, mm-hmm. I'm, that's where I'm moving. That's gonna be my home, man, San Diego. San and you're one of those people that like I. I did not worry about when you were moving. Um, I, I've done a lot of shows with you, and like you were like one of the first people mm-hmm. I talked to when I started doing comedy. And so, like I first mm-hmm. saw you in the black rooms, and like man, like this guy's like tearing up this room. And then all of a sudden, I see you in the white rooms, and then you're tearing up those rooms too. And like you're one of those people <laughs> that could really go back and forth and still be funny. And funny mm-hmm. is funny to anybody. So um, when you Definitely. moved to California, I was like, he's gonna do it. Like he's gonna be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I can definitely say though with the like especially like with the white room it challenges me because like i used to try to do like the black material there and mm-hmm. that shit wouldn't hit me unless yeah. i was just so over the top that they'd be like oh okay, that's a new word i ain't never heard that <laughs> so, it, so it allowed me to like really go in my bag like really like really do my research on certain stuff and try to be wordy and you know what i mean try to tell more of a story so 
I would say definitely say like any comedian, man, be versatile, man. Like I, I really wish I would have started off when I first started doing comedy. I would have started doing clean comedy. So I did mm. not realize how much, how many more opportunities you can get. Oh wow! Off yeah, clean comedy, man. So yeah, I've really just been trying to just work on just more of an intellectual side versus that, you know, that wild, rambo, that you know, that bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, any black room. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta be funny, but you can't just get up there and say the same shit because you can get up there and just get to talking shit, and then you'll sound like the next three fucking comedians. So. I always try to just be different, man. If anything, and then that 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 that's, that's me. You know what I mean? I don't. I can't for anybody else. Just being in the city and just being able to just you know just see everything and kind of start have a late bloom. Mm-hmm. I was able to just sit around and just see how everybody was. It was like, okay, this is how I can move instead of just you know doing the same typical shit that everybody else do. Because you can fall into some type of like you can fall into that. Mm-hmm. So start to sound it sounding like. You know, generic almost. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Hackish and, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I learned, like, in L.A. Like, who's hacking shit from who <laughs> is actually really good at this shit, you know what I mean? And it'll always be, like, the person you least expect. Like, a little Asian just sitting here, man, just like, oh, man, she's reading a book on her MacBook. Like, she ain't shit. Yeah. She get on there. Can't speak a lick of fucking English, but it's hilarious. <laughs> fuck, uh, so it, it, it told me, it just taught me, like, man, let me go ahead and just switch the script, man. I'm not about to chase this type of. I'm gonna chase it a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was the What was like the, some of the biggest surprises that uh, hit you when you got out there? What you mean? Like, 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 like comedy wise, like, did you go out there like, you know, I'm just going to put all these people behind me and people were better than you thought or the other way around or. Nah, I mean, when I, when I got out there, like this, I kind of had a crush because my, okay. So when I first got out there, me and my cousin were supposed to move in with each other. My cousin, he's like a famous comedian. His name is Nate Jackson. You ever look him up? This motherfucker is, he's on dog. Like he. He's definitely like a man, like one of my mentors, bro. Like to me, he's one of the funniest comedians ever. I didn't see him kill everything. I've never seen him bomb. He's been doing this shit forever. If you go on Instagram, he's verified. He's been viral, gang. Like the motherfuckers on. Wow. So when I first got, when I, uh, when we was pretty much supposed to move in together, so that's what was supposed to happen. So I already knew by just like being in his circle, I could like, all right, let me just be this guy, like just. I'm, I don't mind, like, let me, I'm just going to be the dude that was the yes man. Like, all right, I'll do that. You know what I mean? I got my car. Like, I wasn't no typical. I wasn't moving down there, like, struggling. Like, I already had a job. Mm-hmm. I was cool. So when we got down, when I got down there, shit was cool for, like, the first three days. And then the landlord ended up finding out that, like, I moved in and the other guy <laughs> moved out. And uh, that's why I talked about this credit score joke. Make sure your credit is straight. If you go out there with bad credit in L.A., yeah. you are like a fucking... Everybody's fucking calling me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm trying to decline off these fucking calls. But, uh, dog, when I say your credit has to be good in L.A., they do not bullshit. Like, you can't have... I don't have any... No, I don't have no bad shit like repossession. Yeah, no shit like that. But like all my bad credit comes from like student loans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. So, so you know yeah. what I mean? I got out there with like a five seventy five ninety credit score. Man, they read my shit, dog. It's like, yeah, you got. He could save like the next two weeks. So yeah, you gotta go. <laughs> like I showed him how much money I had and everything. Like, I had enough money to live there. You know what I mean? 
Like, nah, we got to go. So that right there, like trying to find somewhere to stay was like the biggest thing. So thank God I had like some family out there. So like the first month, like the first two weeks I was out there, so I ended up coming right back and I did a couple shows in Indy mm-hmm. before I actually like yeah. left, left. Like I moved all my shit out there, my car, everything. Those first two weeks, man, was fucked up all because of that shit. So when I left, my, so I stayed there until I flew back shows, and when I flew back, flew back to LA, pretty much got all my shit, and I moved into my cousin's state in uh, Ontario, California, which is about 45 minutes to an hour away from LA. So I'm staying with her for a month, and just the commute to go back and forth to LA, just it it was cool in a way, but it, it just didn't make sense. I felt like man, I needed to be there, but that was me not knowing LA yet. You know what I mean? I wasn't there enough to meet anybody, nothing. I'm just going off of what my cousin does and just a couple of friends, what they do. So within like a month, I ended up finding a homie that stayed and that was from Indianapolis that, that lived in LA. He stayed like a hood. He stayed in the hood. So I moved in here. I moved with him. We were living in the, uh, Panorama City, California, which is like a, short, a little bit distance away from uh, North Hollywood. Okay. So I was finally stable, but Fucked up part about I ain't my, I ain't hollering my penny here. So this dude was like a fucking crackhead almost, like <laughs> North cocaine, all type oh. of shit. So I'm exposed to this shit while trying to maintain a job and chase my dream. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not used to this shit. But I will say my roommate was connected, bro. It was so many celebrities like visiting him, like that I would never know, dude. Dope, bro. Like coke. It's cr- everybody does cocaine out there, bro. Everybody. Wow, that's the drug of choice. Like it's cocaine. They don't even roll up a blunt. They get the fucking put the coke out, dollar one hundred dollar bills, or that shit right in front of you, bro. Like it's just real. That explains a lot. Because when he came back, I was like, man, he's he's got that California way off. Like he he lost some weight, and so hell no, nah. everybody wasn't nobody fucking around now. Hell no, nah. I mean, I stayed away from that. Shit. He got hell. skinny. <laughs> nah, but that was that was one thing though, man. Like. Everybody does fucking cocaine out there, bro. On the beach, don't matter, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It'll be out there during the open mics, like, waiting to get on stage, like, waiting to get in. Like, you'll be out there for, like, two, three hours just trying to get on an open mic. Like, that's how congested California is, you know what I mean? And, bro, it'll be people out there doing all types of shit. Welcome. You just meet so many people. Welcome to Drunk Dial, the rat edition. Uh, can you just give us some of the names, please, real quick? Just the names and numbers, addresses, if you will. Oh, oh, when I came back from it, when I came back from, from Cali, like that first, like, two months, like, six months in, I was so on, like, I just knew, I could, I, my whole, everything changed, bro. It went in six months. Everything, bro, and I just I had so much shit that happened, man. I lost my job out there, man. I was on unemployment. I'm living in California. I, I'm all my money that I saved up and spending it quicker, like trying to find a job. It's just oh my god, but I was able to make it. It made me stronger, dog. I, and if I was to do it again, I'd definitely do it. But I wouldn't have done it if I'd have known Corona was going to happen like the very next year. Everybody asks me, like, dude, what you, are you back here now? I'm like, dude, I'm here until the Corona shit's over with, bro. I don't know if you know about L.A., but yeah. that shit, nigga, that shit is done. You can't hang shit going on. That, I think it's smart. 
Do you think about going to down and trying out a like uh, a lot of people are talking about like Austin being the new scene? You ever think about going down down there? Definitely, like Dallas, Fort Worth area, Austin. I mean, yeah, that or Atlanta. Like that's definitely like the move mm-hmm. now. Plus, they're both warm places. I probably say Atlanta because you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm by the south, and I'm sure like all the rooms down south are like damn near open, so. I would damn near probably move to Atlanta or Texas. I love Texas vibe. The cost of living is like Indianapolis. I know Atlanta is a little bit more expensive and it's starting to become congested now, mm-hmm. but it's so many opportunities on stage. It's like the black Hollywood out there. Nice. So, and really Dallas, Texas is damn near turning into a black Hollywood too, bro. Like seriously, it's so many black people moving out there, man. Just living out there, bro. It's, it's the new spot. Dallas, huh? <laughs> Uh, now, Nate, I always I always refer to you as one of the best hosts that I know coming out of Indianapolis. Um, oh, man, right on. I, I, th- I think it takes a very special uh, uh, skill set to be a great host. Uh, I've been on shows with you before where I, like, damn near fella, you buried the whole rest of the show. You know, <laughs> like, why they put him up front? <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't ask no questions, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I love, that's why, I, like, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me. Sometimes I'll, like, get in a room and I'll realize where I'm at in the stands. I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to take it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to fuck up the show. Because some days, man, like, and that's why I said I got to really, and I kind of fuck, I really want to tell y'all something, too, man. This, I, I want people to listen, too. But control what you do on, like, before you get on stage. Like, uh, you do not know who talks about you or what what the shit that you do besides like doing like bar shows like comedy clubs mm-hmm. like that's the shit that like I wasn't really used to because like I, I really wasn't a comedy like I've been booked for comedy shows doing comedy clubs but it's always been like through somebody like alright it's, it's a promoter out there a black promoter mm-hmm. like an Ike for instance y'all remember y'all know Ike don't y'all oh yeah like, yeah okay so Morty's wasn't booking us like that you know what I mean like, mm-hmm. like that Unless we would do the mic, come to the mic and all that shit. And I thought that was the way to go. But it wasn't, you know what I mean? I realized, like, shit, that ain't the way to go. Like, promoters is out here really booking shit. So, But I didn't realize, like, how many clubs could really book you to do shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, like, Helium. Okay, during the, during this pandemic, bro, I ain't going to lie, man. I've been drinking. And that's because, man, it, just, it was something new. I didn't know the world was going. I thought the world was over with. I'm like, fuck yeah. Let me go ahead and start drinking. Fuck it. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm going to still work. <laughs> but I'm in like a different mindset now. Like, I'm, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the time, like, I'm in between like California and Indianapolis. So I'm pretty much at my mom's. Like, I'm not even feeling comfortable, like, coming back home over there. You know what I mean? Just because they're, the, uh, they're older. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I had to like really do a lot of shit outside, get a hotel, shit like that. You know what I mean? Shit I wouldn't normally do. Yeah. But man, it's crazy because I got all the opportunities I really wanted during the Corona, during this shit. Like Helium booked me for, for doing hosting gigs. And I will say this and I do, and I'm on the record. Do not get fucked up or don't, don't drink. Don't, if somebody asks you want anything at some comedy club, say fucking no. Don't take shit. Pay your dues. They are fucking testing you. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I failed the test. <laughs> well, you failed the <laughs> Story time. I failed this motherfucker. No, the first show I did, man, like the first time I got booked, I did the Tommy Davidson shit. And like the first 
the first day I didn't drink nothing, then nothing. Mm-hmm. Now the second day was my birthday, like literally my birthday. Dog. I'm 34. I, it, come on, man. Yeah. Turn it up. Yeah. So I'm getting double shots of fucking Hennessy. <laughs> oh, goddamn. <laughs> oh, my. I'm not slurred or nothing. I didn't even drive that day. I'm like, I'm telling myself, like, man, I'm going to get fucked up. I'm going to fuck some. This is what I'm going to do. I'm 34 minutes going down. I did not realize that day. <laughs> fuck with me. In the comedy club thing, because, like, they're very, like, after, like, after that day, like, I tried to do another. I tried to, uh, I asked uh, pretty much Avery, like, all right, is there any more, like, openers and stuff? He was like, man, I don't know. I mean, you, uh, I don't like the way you, you know, handled that night and all that. I'm like, damn. I didn't do anything. I was funny on stage. I wasn't slurring on words, nothing. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, I was drinking. Yeah. And like the host, and you know what I mean? Your service stuff. And I tipped her too. Yeah. I mean, it comes to tipping, I'm not cheap. But that shit follows you. So now I'm pretty much, I feel like I'm labeled as an alcoholic now. So now I got to put now. I know in my mind, like, and I worked too hard to get to that point to fail like that. But mm. to give y'all brothers any insight, bro, when you go to a comedy club and ask you to do a show, don't say, don't take shit but water. <laughs> How many drinks we talking here? I'm like three, but three double shots of Hennessy, though. Oh, no. Oh! Yeah. yeah. Three's the limit? Yeah, Three's the limit? I'm yeah, I definitely... I wish there was video with me and Dyke's face. Like, <laughs> we just, like, looked at each other, like, home alone and put our hands on our face. Like, oh, shoot. Three? Man, I went in, dog. I, I went mean, in. I went in. Three's not a lot for me. Like, I... I and ho- then, like, the, okay. I hosted the there break. once, and I definitely had at least three drinks while I was hosting. Like, it was nothing. I mean, they weren't doubles, <laughs> but I definitely, I definitely, like, the servers That's know sick. to find me. Like, the servers know my drink. They're like, you want that rum and diet? I'm like, yeah, come on with it. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, I'm hitting straight shot, double shot, bro. Great. No chase. Uh, you know what I mean? Type shit, you know? So that's pretty much sick. So have you been back so there, Dyke? I feel like that fucked me up, huh? Oh, no, I am not. <laughs> oh, Dyke hasn't been back there? <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, I'll uh, just let you know, I am sober. <laughs> Uh, I've been sober and I I never have drank. So he goes to church every Sunday. I go to church every Sunday, and and this is the thing. Uh, I'm, I just, you huh? And you're gonna prosper. <laughs> hey, hey, just just do a sober post. You know, you just join the church and and you'll be good. I know. I'm gonna definitely do that. I gotta make. I gotta apologize though, because like I said, it took some. It took other. That's why I said if there's some real comedians out here that look after your well being, you feel me? So. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Word came to me. I knew nobody else was going to tell me. But word came to me. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely going to make that apology post and actually go up there and, like, definitely holler at everybody up there. Just to let them know, you know what I mean? That ain't me. and You know what I mean? But I fucked that opportunity up. So, if I never host up there again, no hard feelings, no nothing, man. Nothing like that. It's just, it's a, lo- a lesson learned and I'll never make a, 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 that mistake again. Unless I'm a headliner. Now, if I'm a headliner, Hell yeah, I'm getting fucked up. Anything below, anything below that shit, I'm not fucking around. Even if I'm featuring it. Hell no, I'm not drinking nothing. Nope, I'll take a water. Thank you. You want anything to eat? No, I don't even want nothing to eat. Water. Thank you. <laughs> now, time out. Do you think it was because it was Hennessy instead of like a, like a, a well? It's definitely the liquor. It's definitely the liquor. You feel me? Like what I was asking for. And then like the very next night, I dinner started off with two shots again. You feel me? So... It's a pattern, you know what I mean. So mm. I shouldn't. Uh, I should have just took the opportunity and just been cool, you know what I mean. I should have never, you know what I mean. That's why I, I, I look at I look at like 
it's not just being funny, but it's about being professional. Mm. So I will never make that mistake again on any show, like anything. After that show, I ain't drunk shit. I've been cool. Like, the only time I drink is, I know I'm about to fuck something. I'm not drinking <laughs> shit. <laughs> Was it, that's my that's my uh, that's my Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that's Boy. good. That's good advice to know. That's actually making me rethink uh, everything that I've done up there too. <laughs> hey, nah, seriously though, bro. Like, if you even if you open mic and you paying for your drink, yeah. that's different. You feel me? You paying money for that? You supporting the club? Mm-hmm. But you're getting the opportunity to bless their stage you know what i mean you, you it's pretty much an audition you don't know who's there during the weekend yeah so you know what i mean it, it makes sense so that's why i'm not upset about it if anything man is awakening and i just appreciate that that comic i don't want to name him but he's the homie you feel me i pretty much know who he is he's prospering right now he's nice he does he don't do shows in any like that mm-hmm. so but he definitely looked out you know what i mean and that was some shit i should have thought about i didn't never think about that so this professional level is definitely on a different level now. Like any show, bar shows, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my shit. Man, I'm going to bring my own water bottles. I'll get like one of those water backpacks uh, <laughs> with a tube that goes like, hey, I'm fine. I don't need anything. Try, don't hand me that, Fiji. I don't want that. Well, Nate, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Uh, where can people uh, find you and follow you on, on social media? Man, follow me all social media, Nate Skate Comedy. All social media. Also, I have a, a comedy show coming up uh, this uh, the Saturday, uh, February the 13th. Uh, so in Love Comedy Jam. Uh, I'm hosting that. That's going to be at this place called Mimi, uh, 1115 North Arlington Avenue. Show starts at 8 o'clock. Tickets only 20 bucks. Almost sold out. Jenner might have to add a second show. That's how that's Jenner House shit is going. So. Shout out to the quarantine comedy scene, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, man, Nate State Comedy on all app uh, ports. Y'all keep supporting this podcast. I love what you guys do, man. Y'all, y'all brothers, man, I keep this shit going, bro. This is awesome. Right on. Thank you very much. All right, man. Y'all take care, Dyke and Thad. All right. See you, bro. Yep. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>